Hey, it's me, Sam. This is my podcast. I have 5% battery on my phone. Son of a... Hold on. Okay, I'm back. Speaking of son of a... You know, my son is 12, and I'm a big rule follower. Like, if something is rated PG-13, not that there's going to be... I don't foresee there being much difference between age 12 and age 13... But you're not watching it until you're 13 because someone in the movie world has decided that thir- Oh my goodness. Y'all, I'm on the struggle bus. Right now. I was trying to because I've gotten some questions about um, like how do I record and what do I do and how, what type of quote unquote equipment do I use? Um, so, and I just think that people were like, I don't know. There was like some, uh, doubt, like uh, some residual doubt in the background of these questions. I'm like, I'm telling you, I record on a phone. I record, like you can hear my map. I don't know. I guess you can, I guess there is recording equipment that you could use in a phone, in a car, but I'm like, no, I, I literally hold a phone in my hand as I'm driving. And it's like I'm just talking to the air. And I <laughs> I record on a phone. I do, like, I literally, if you go to the, here's what you need to do. If you go to the CastBox app and there it gives you, speaking of map, I'm actually going to turn this beast down a little bit. Carol, why do you have to be so loud? Gosh. Um, that's my GPS's name, in case you didn't know. That's back a few episodes when I introduced her. Um, anyway, you can create your own podcast too, but don't, because then you could be in competition with me. Gosh. You can create your own podcast if you wanted to do that, and it's literally just a matter of recording, pressing stop say or pause I think is what it says actually saving and then it's there I always re-listen to the episode just to just to make I mean I'm always saying stupid things I'm always saying things that are wrong like making mistakes but um I, I try to just make sure I didn't say anything that was like so 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 offensive or so 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 like the one time I thought that I had, um, paused it, and turns out I hadn't, so it was like 30 minutes in the middle of the episode of just no nothing, like me getting in and out of my car, the beeping of my car when I started it, <laughs> like a phone call that I took, like, so, yeah, I always re-listen to it, and then I come up with some title and maybe write a little bit of a description and then I post it. It's very minimal effort, except it is some effort. It's just the time. It's the time and I enjoy it. I want to do it. So what I was trying to do just now, if you just heard that giant crash in the background and then the the pause and then I'm back and everything, is I was trying to record a Instagram story to show my creative process, (laughs) if you want to call it that. Um, and then post that on Instagram. But, as I suspected would be the case, my phone fell off the uh, dash where I had had it. You know what I need to get? I need to get one of those things that you put in your vent, the vent of your car, that holds your phone. I need to get one of those. Not that anybody particularly cares to look at my fat mug when I'm... <laughs> 
talking. This is why, you know what? Uh, Here was the progression of me getting to a podcast. I originally, I've talked about this before, but I originally considered writing a blog. And I started that process and I was like, this is way too much effort and way too much work. Not even effort. It was just a lot of time. A lot of time demands. I'm kind of a grammar and like punctuation and word perfectionist. And so I would write the article quickly or I would write the post very quickly and like just pour it all out. But then the editing process, oh my, I could never be an editor like for a publishing company or something, they would hate me because I would take 12 years to edit one thing. (laughs) It was bad. So then I thought, well, maybe I'll, um, maybe I'll do a YouTube channel and just kind of use that as like an outlet to share my stories and talk about my past and, and try to connect with people that way. Well, then I thought, oh my gosh, like, then I gotta get dressed, I gotta put on real, like, I gotta put on make, I gotta look, you gotta look like camera presentable, and then I gotta buy a camera, I gotta make sure the kids are put away, like, put away, like their dishes or something. No, I mean, I gotta make sure the kids are quiet and asleep, and it just felt like too much. So then, when I came across podcasts about a year ago now. Uh, and then after listening to them for about five months, I was like, wait a minute, this is my answer. Nobody has to see my face and I can share about my life and my stories. And I can also, and then I thought, well, how am I going to do it without having to spend a lot of money on equipment? And so then I came across this app, Castbox. I don't know if other apps have this option or not. I've never really even looked. But, um, yeah, and then here we are. Am I about to go to Taco Bell and get a taco salad? Mm, I think I am. I think I am. You know what I like to get? I'm still eating keto like an idiot. Like it's going to make a difference. (laughs) Um, look, I'm just sticking to it. This is what I've decided. Like, no matter what happens, no matter if I lose weight or not, I saw a woman yesterday who... Would literally started on pretty much the same day that I did, and one month in, she lost 16 pounds. <laughs> like, that's nice. That's really good. I'm happy for her. I lost three pounds, and I'm pretty sure I gained that back, like, in one day. I don't care. I'm sticking with it, uh, and, uh, and, and I'm doing it. So, what I get at Taco Bell, even though it's, yeah, I know it's gross. Like, you're not gonna tell me anything I don't know. I get their, uh, it's basically a taco salad, but in a bowl. And it's good. I like it. It's good. I have a burrito that I could eat. Uh, I'm kind of feeling guilty about not eating it. But, um, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got a, I got a little bit of time, which I haven't had. This week has been a little bit stressful. Um, I apologize. I posted an episode at the beginning of the week and honestly I have, I did, I had listened to the whole thing and then like just finding the time to be able to put a title on it and a description was practically impossible. And so like uh, almost a week had gone by since I'd recorded it. I finally posted it at the first of the week. I have no idea really what all I talked about in there, but here my kids finally, you know, came off of the, uh, norovirus plague and then uh, we had about 
two weeks of health. This joker is on a bicycle and he's right in my way. Sir, excuse me, sir. Hi, excuse me. Um, we had about two weeks of health. However, within those two weeks, we also had a polar vortex, which basically meant it was like 40 below for two days in a row, and it was terrible. Um, and then this week, I thought, okay, this is our week. Like, the temperatures are going to be higher. Everybody's healthy. We're good to go. Nope. Monday afternoon. I keep getting all these text messages. I get a call from the school. My, my daughter's coming home on the bus, and she's saying she feels bad. Great. <clears throat> okay, I know it's a lot to keep up with, but I just realized... I didn't even finish my thought about PG-13, so if you can stick with me, I'm going to loop back to that. As, as my friend Morgan told me in Seattle, he lives out in Seattle, he said that they say this thing, we're going to put a pin in it, we're going to put a pin in this discussion about <laughs> my daughter being sick, and then we're going to come back to it. But first, we're going to talk about PG-13 movies and saying son of a, and how saying that made me think of... The movie Tommy Boy, if you're familiar. When I was in high school, I watched that movie approximately 687 times. It was in my top five rotation. Like, Wayne's World, Tommy Boy, Dumb and Dumber, and then maybe a couple rom-coms in there. But for the most part, I, I liked those movies. I thought they were hilarious. And so, I remember, though, like, even as a teenager, feeling like this movie's really bad, you know, and we all kind of felt like that, maybe because we were church kids or something, I don't know, but, uh, I did go ahead and kind of read the reviews, and I've, I've watched it so many times, I literally have the entire movie memorized, so I had a good handle on where there were parts that I really didn't necessarily want my son to hear, so, but then, so we started watching it over the weekend, last weekend, and I was like, this movie is tame. Like, compared to PG-13s that are made today, this movie is tame. Like, there was really, it, it, was, it wasn't until about three-fourths of the way through it that I even, like, fast-forwarded. And it was just some raunchy, you know, just some inappropriate sexual type things that I really, I'm sure he knows and he's heard before at school. His kids are really getting into, like, they're really stepping up the inappropriate sexual type things, you know, just getting all hormonal and, and weird. But, um, yeah, I just don't, it's just awkward. I don't want to hear it in my house. I don't want him to be with me and hearing it anyway. But I was like, this movie is not bad at all. I can't believe what passed for, like, I'm pretty sure if they were to rate that movie today, they could remove, like, maybe one or two lines, and it would pass for a PG. It was, it was so tame. I was, I was like, this, I can't believe I thought this movie would be bad, or that I didn't remember how, t how tame this movie is. A PG-13 movie today, I rarely will let him watch, because they are, if it's not like an action, or a, uh, like, uh, Black Panther, or a superhero, or something like that, like, it can get bad, quick. And there can be a lot of language, a lot of... Anyway, yeah, so I'm pretty strict. But it seems like going back and watching some of the older 
like comedies that are rated PG-13 for like crude humor. I mean, it's not, they're not usually that, they don't really seem to be that bad. But anyway, I definitely have, like, we've gone and seen Black Panther, which I think, wasn't that rated PG-13? I'm pretty sure it was for violence. Um, But that's really the only movie that we've seen in the theater outside of a PG rating. The last movie that we saw in the theater was Mary Poppins, and it was bomb. I'm, listen, Mary Poppins is one of my favorite movies, so I was super skeptical to go see the new one because I didn't want them to mess it up. And when I say to you that I smiled like an idiot through the entire thing, that's exactly what happened. And I'm going to be honest with you, I cried. I cried because here's a, uh, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, but when I am confronted with beauty or art or theater or uh, music or uh, like dance, like ballet, like if I go to, this is so embarrassing, and this is why I can't really go with anyone to any type of like a live show because I cannot control my tears. I can't. I cry. I feel very overwhelmed. (laughs) And I usually cry. My kids know this about me when it comes to watching kids on TV. Like kids doing, uh, like just like kids singing or like America's Got Talent, kids doing things. Or especially like if a kid cries on TV because they've done something and they're proud of them. I can't. I fall apart. I don't hardly ever cry. But like those those are instances in which I uh, typically will cry. And so for the Mary Poppins movie, I cried. It was really well done. Now, here's one thing I will say because, see, we watched that movie on a Saturday night. And then I think it was the following week that the norovirus plague hit our house. And so I was at the emergency room and they had a TV in the room with it had preloaded movies on it. And of course, when I saw that Mary Poppins was on there, that's what we're watching. The the Mary Poppins character <coughs> I want to say it's Emily Blunt, but I I could definitely be wrong. Don't count on that, you know, right? She was a little bit harsh for me. I thought that when I was watching the new one, but it had been a while since I had saw the old one. So I thought, I don't want to judge her. Well, then I was in the ER and I watched the old one and I was like, oh yeah, the old Mary Poppins was a lot nicer. It just had a lot more of a, she just smiled a lot more. She wasn't as stern. I like that about her. The new one, she needed to lighten up a little bit. She's a little bit too intense. It's just my own personal opinion that matters to no one so (laughs) there you go anyway okay we put a pin in it and now we're coming back to it so monday night of this week i get a call that uh clara is on the bus she's complaining and crying that her ears hurt and am i gonna be there to get her off the bus because it's not looking good i'm like yes i'll be there she comes off the bus she's a mess we're using eardrops I finally break down, even though she didn't have a fever at that point, and give her ibuprofen. She settles down. She's able to finish her dinner, and she goes on to bed. 5 a.m. comes around. She wakes up. She does have a fever, so we do some more Tylenol or ibuprofen or something, and then I decide, you know what? Let's go ahead and uh, 
take her to the pediatrician just because she's still complaining of her ears and I'm like this is an ear infection like I can I can kind of manage a lot of things but I can't really make an ear infection go away without a doctor so I mean I could but it just drags out a lot longer so what oh my goodness could I have one more interruption I'm only 15 minutes in I've had like 12 interruptions <laughs> in this recording that was my cousin Bobby I think he goes by Bob now this is my cousin Bobby calling we're just a family of creative people. I'm just kidding. I'm not creative at all. I just can run my mouth, okay, I guess. Um, but he is actually super creative. He's also a hustler, which I like about him. And uh, he has got into woodworking and, uh, you know, makes pins and keychains and doodads out of uh, different types of wood. Really super cool. If I was worth anything, I would have his business name um, and be able to tell you what it is. I think it's oh, this is it's a total pun. His last name is Man M A N N, and so I'm pretty sure the name of his company is Man Made something, Man Made Creations. You know, cute. It's cute. Um, but yeah, he uh, he said he was let me know that he just bought a. Hand stamping. Oh, I just missed my turn. Son of a gun. He said he just bought a uh, hand stamping set. And so he was wanting to uh, know about... I've got some hand stamp jewelry from a friend of mine. I can tell you her information. You can go check out her website or her shop because she's amazing. Um, and I like pretty much it's the only jewelry I wear. Teddy Regal. She's at the 2nd Street Market in uh, Dayton, if you're familiar. And um, she also has a website. You can check that out. But um, she has a lot of, she has all hand stamped jewelry. Customized, personalized. It, this, here's the thing. If you're buying a gift for somebody and you have the time to kind of look around and, you know, find something that's handmade, it always means, I don't know, at least to me it does, it always means a lot, I think, to the person to get something that's been made by someone else is personalized I like that kind of stuff so that was at that phone call he's a youth pastor in Tennessee uh, for a lot of years has a couple kids he's a good guy he and his wife there so anyway I got that phone call and then by the time I finished that phone call it was time for me to go do a little bit of work so now I'm back I'm back on track and I'm driving and I think where I left off was I was talking about how Monday my daughter came home from school. She's got an earache. Tuesday, fever. Went to the doctor. Flu. She got the flu. So, you know, it wasn't that bad. I, if you pull up, if you Google it, like online, they're like, seven to ten days. and blah, blah, blah. Like, So I kind of expected, like, I'm going to lose, this is the week that I'm going to lose my job because I'm not going to be able to work <laughs> for the rest of the week. Fantastic. Um, but she was pretty bad the first day, just aching. Like, the, the big, her biggest complaint was, like, stomach ache, headache neck ache, arms, leg, like just, you know, fever, achiness, that was her biggest complaint, 
and then um, she was fine, like she slept fine overnight, and then the next day, she was uh, pretty much like, I would say at 100% by the end of the second day, which was pretty impressive. So she really only had like, I would say two full days of symptoms, and really the second full day, like Wednesday, she was not that bad. I was really fortunate to have a, um, a couple from my church who has kind of taken on the role of grandparent um, with my kids that he was willing to come out and sit with her on Wednesday so I could go to work. And that was really, really, really awesome. But, yeah, she didn't even really feel bad on Wednesday. I just, you know how, like, after you have a fever, you just feel kind of weak. And so I didn't want to send her on. But she's been great. Like, it was two day, two and a half days. Not even that. She's good to go. So, I don't know. I don't know if she just has a good immune system. Or maybe it just wasn't that bad. But, thankfully, as of right now, none of the, none of the rest of the household has been stricken down with the flu. Uh, yeah, I'm fully expecting by at least the weekend that one of us will. The babies, here's something about foster care. Throw this little piece of info in here. If you um, have foster children, regardless of where you stand on vaccines, they are required to be vaccinated. Now, what I don't know, and I probably should research this, is I don't think, because the county, even though the parents do maintain some custodial rights, essentially the county holds custody. So I don't think that even if the biological parents did not want the children vaccinated, I still think they probably would have to be vaccinated. So both babies had a flu vaccine, which I'm not crazy about. I don't get a flu vaccine. My older two kids don't. I'll tell you why. I'm not like super hyper about it. I just, I just feel like every time we would get a flu vaccine, there'd be like this massive article about bad batch of vaccines in Ohio. We're sorry we messed up. Like, it could kill you. You probably should check and see if you got one of these bad vaccines. What? Like, I just got a shot to try to keep me from getting in the flu, and now you're telling me that it was a bad batch, and I, and I might have lifelong debilitating ill. I, I, like, I don't want to deal with it. Because you, you know how it goes in my world. I'm guaranteed to get the bad batch. Like, it's a 100% on my end. So, I just said forget it. I don't care what you say. The only time that I ever felt like I had the flu was right after getting a flu vaccine. I know that people say that's not a thing. I know the doctors say, just like they say, kids don't get a fever with teething, blah, blah. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay, listen to me. Just all you gotta do is, no, I don't know what I'm talking about either. I'm not a doctor. Good Lord, don't sue me. I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything. I'm just saying my own personal experience... The only time I got a flu shot, I felt like I had the flu immediately afterwards. I'm putting two and two together. I'm never getting a flu shot again. That's how hardcore I am. Um, so, yeah, the only people who are really at risk in this situation would be myself and Charlie. And so far, so good. We've If Charlie avoids this mess, he's two for two on household sicknesses that he hasn't got. He never ended up having the norovirus. And so far, he hasn't gotten any, had any flu symptoms. So, we'll see how the weekend goes. Okay, 
last piece of information before we jump into today's topic. I know I'm always like, we're going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then it's like it drags out or I never remember. I don't do it or I don't get around. Anyway, uh, I've been talking about um, recording with Jill a follow-up to a couple of episodes, episodes ago where I talked about God's plan for romantic relationships and just in time for Valentine's Day, we, Jill and I have officially scheduled to record that episode on Tuesday night next week. So I'm planning on having it posted, hopefully by Wednesday, maybe by Thursday. <laughs> you know how it goes. No guarantees. Um, but yeah, we, I, she is so good and she messaged me again to try to get, we actually had had a phone conversation. And I was like, yeah, we'll get it scheduled right away. And then, like, it was 40 below. I was worried about my house holding up and my heat going. It was just, I told her. I said, you know what? I've been putting it off because there's been this, 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 and this going on. But the reality of my life is that there's always going to be something going on. And so, I just need to schedule this. And if something is going on, like, we'll just work around it because... <laughs> If I wait until things are calm to schedule something, it's never going to happen. So, yeah, Tuesday night, we're scheduled to record. I'm really excited. She is way smarter than me, uh, and she actually works on a regular basis in a capacity of a, um, like a marriage relationship counselor type thing for young couples in her church. So, she has a good handle on what we're going to be talking about and um you know she she teaches these things on a regular basis so she's got a good good uh she's done her research she knows her bible and so i'm really looking forward to recording that and getting that out to y'all um let me get into it here so i thought i know i talked about getting into the topic of the day i was misleading no topic, but what I thought was a couple of episodes ago, I talked about uh, finding a space in your life that you could be more vulnerable and more transparent about how things were actually going, not just how you wanted to portray things going. And so I thought today I would lead by example, and what I have, it is a questionnaire now, the, the title of the questionnaire is 37 Good Questions to Ask If You Want to Get Vulnerable with Someone You Love, <laughs> which is a little bit ridiculous. Um, so, let me give credit here where credit is due. This is uh, thoughtcatalog.com, and I'm sure if you search that very lengthy and descriptive title you should easily be able to come across these questions if you actually do have someone that you love and want to have a vulnerable uh, interaction with them using these questions you could do that in this situation I love y'all and so I'm gonna answer these questions I've only looked at like the top I didn't want to look at all of them and talk myself out of it because I figured that that would be a possibility so I've only looked at like the top three, and so far they're not too, uh, not too bad. But um, let's get into it. I'm going to try to answer these as quickly as possible because uh, I don't want to drag this out for eight hours. But I thought I'll lead by example here and get vulnerable and be honest about 
whatever these questions want me to be honest about. And then, uh, and then what I need you to do is do the same and then email me. I'm just kidding. No, but again, I just want to reiterate, like find your, find the space in your life where you can be honest and be vulnerable. Um, I have a couple people that I can be that way with. And so, uh, let me, uh, let me answer these questions and I'll, and I'll be vulnerable here. How about that? How about that? Does anybody else rage when somebody is, is riding your bumper? I do on the inside. I don't ever do anything about it. I've talked about this before. Like people will shoot you. And so I'm not going to lose my life over someone riding my bumper, but it does make me so very furious. Ugh. Anyway, okay, question number one. What's the scariest thing you've ever done? Now, you know I'm going to get, like, detailed here. I, I don't really like these kind of questions because I think there's fear on different level levels. Like, physically scary, That when I think about the most physical scary thing that I've ever done versus, like, the most emotionally scary thing I've ever done. Those are two different things. So I think for the purpose of this questionnaire and not getting too deep too quick, I'll answer this about the uh, most physically scary thing I've ever, I can remember at least ever doing. Um, when I was in high school, I went to this leadership camp in Cincinnati called Any Town USA. I think it was in Cincinnati. I don't really know where it was. I don't really remember a lot about it. I got like blips of memory about it. I don't really know how I ended up there or why I went. I know that it didn't cost anything because there was no way my parents were paying for anything like that. <laughs> I never went to any summer camps outside of church camp. So I know that, yeah, I must have gotten a scholarship or something. I don't know. Anyway, they had this uh, basically telephone pole that had pegs, you know, on the side of it. And then at the top of it was a piece of wood that was essentially the size of a pizza box. And then they hooked you up to, to a, a harness with a tether cord, you know, rope type situation. And basically the whole thing was climb up this pole who that was... I want to say it was the like regulation size of a telephone pole. It like was it was big, and and then once you get to the top of it, maneuver yourself to stand up on this pizza box, and so you have nothing to hold on to. You just have to stand up straight up, and then jump off. And hopefully, the twenty-something-year-old is not high from last night. <laughs> Or hungover and will actually maneuver the cords in the correct fashion so you don't smash your face on the ground and die. I'm not a huge fan of heights. I thought I've talked about this. I don't like roller coasters. I don't like being up where I feel out of control, up in high places. Oh my goodness. Did y'all hear that? That I don't I don't know nothing about semi trucks. But I'm going to go ahead and put it on record that that didn't sound right. I'm going to need to get that checked out, sir. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so loud. Yeah, so that was terrifying. Like, I still feel the terror of that. Because it was this whole leadership camp of, like, 
do hard things, confront your fear, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't want to confront my fear. Like, this isn't something that's going to keep me from accomplishing my goals. The fact that I don't want to jump off of a pizza box, whatever, 75, 50 feet up in the air. Like, there's not going to come a point in my life where it's like, well, you can't get this promotion unless you climb up and jump off this pizza box. And I guess because you're afraid of it, this is your glass ceiling. Like, you're never going to bust through it. No, that's not real. Like, that's not going to happen. So, I was annoyed and I was terrified and thankfully, and I was a big girl. Really, it's like little titty, little uh, skinny broads. I was a big girl. I've always been a big girl. And so I'm looking down at this little camp counselor. She probably weighs about 110 pounds. And I'm like, are you going to be able to even catch me? Are you going to even be able to keep me from falling? They had some kind of pulley system or something. It was terrifying. I, I would never, ever, ever do that again. It was stupid. They probably don't even let kids do that kind of stuff anymore because, you know, the 90s. We did what we wanted. <laughs> Uh, what's one, question number two, what's one moment that you could, you wish you could, this is, there's typos in this questionnaire, and so I'm, now I'm embarrassed that I even directed you to it. What's one moment that you wish you could, they left that word out, rewind and replay a hundred times? You know what? This is my podcast, and I do what I want. I'm not, there's no way I can name one moment. Are you kidding me? If you have more than one child, you can't just name one moment. Come on. Then it makes it look like the other moments weren't ones that I wanted to replay. Get out of here. I want, I, there's, I have a lot of moments involving my children. Some of my, this is what I will say. I don't necessarily care to replay the births of my children because gross. And, and, you know, there were some circumstances at both births that weren't ideal. So, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily choose those. When I picked up my daughter, when I picked up my son, my youngest two, the babies, those moments were pretty spectacular. I'd replay those. With my older two kids, what I would more so like to replay would be moments when they have just been excited and happy about whatever it is that we're doing. Um, whether it's a surprise or the beach or flying for the first time, like I, my heart literally explodes when my kids get like overwhelmed with happiness. And so those moments, their little faces when that, ha- that I would replay that. This next one kills me. Number three, when it's 3am and you're all alone, what do you think about? <laughs> okay. First of all, I'm always all alone if we're talking about being in bed. That's always an alone situation. I never have anybody in my bed with me. My kids do not sleep with me, okay? I'm not judging anybody. You do what you got to do. You do what you think is right. Everybody's parenting in the way that they feel like they want to parent, and I'm cheering yawns. Like, I, I don't have any issue. Nobody sleeps in my bed, though, except for me. That is a hard fast rule in my house it's a sacred area you do not sleep in my bed everybody has their own beds goodbye so I'm always alone I do have a baby in my room right now but he's in his crib uh and I'm gonna tell you right now at 3 a.m your girl's not thinking about anything because I'm asleep (laughs) if I'm awake at 3 a.m I'm thinking how the hell do I get back to sleep because that's all I care about at 3 a.m. This is a stupid question. Who wakes up and is at 3 a.m. is thinking about anything but going back to sleep? Give me a break. Number four, what's one thing about the future that scares you? 
Uh, if I had to pick one, like there's not a million, um, the one thing that scares me about the future more than anything is, is thinking about how the emotional trauma that my children have experienced is going to affect them into adulthood. Um, you know, all I can do is pray and all I can do is try to repair those parts of their life that have been affected, um, by my marriage and by my marriage failing and, and all those things. But yeah, that's my biggest fear is like, how is, how are their lives going to shake out? Um, as a, you know, and is it going to, it, I'm going to feel guilty. That's what it comes down to. I'm going to feel guilty. I already do. And so if they struggle or they have things that they, uh, you know, have hard times with, like, I'm definitely going to feel guilty. And so I'm, I'm always, I think about that. I pray about that a lot. And, uh, that's a fear that I have, but I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see if one of them ends up on an episode of intervention. I'll let you know. That's my biggest fear. I say that all the time. Like, as long as I can keep them off of an episode of intervention and out of and off of uh, America's Most Wanted, I feel like I've done an okay job. Because considering what all they've been through, it's going to be a true miracle if they don't end up on one or the other. <laughs> I'm just being realistic here. <laughs> okay, number five. Do you regret anything? I've already talked about this. I think you need to regret things. I think it helps you to make better decisions. I think that when you make poor choices, that regret helps you to not make those same stupid choices again. And so I don't think that regret is a bad thing. My friend Jill kind of put words to that feeling that I'd had for, you know, really always felt that way. And she kind of spoke up and I was like, yeah, that's what I've always thought too. Like people are like, no regrets, no regrets. No, 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 have regrets. Like you need to have regrets. Because if you don't regret doing something stupid, chances are you're going to maybe try to do it again. No, no, no. Like, regret drinking too much alcohol. Because next time, the next time that comes around, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I remember how I felt the next day. And I remember how much I regretted that I had to go to work and was like puking in the a bathroom on my break. And, you know, I'm making this whole scenario up. This has never happened. I, 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 re, I remember how much I regretted that I had no self-control and drank too much. I'm not going to do that again. There you go. You got to, you got to use it. Okay. What has been your greatest struggle? My weight, 100%. Like personal struggle with myself for, I've been trying to lose weight for 20 years. That has 100% been my biggest struggle. I have talked about this before, but I've done anything and everything you can possibly think of. CrossFit running, weights, YMCA. I mean, I've done it all and I continue to be overweight. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm healthy. Maybe my cardiovascular is, is okay because of the amount of exercise that I do, but it's, yeah, it's not, it's been a, it's been a struggle for sure, but it is what it is. I keep working on it. I, you got to say, we got to give me credit for that at least. I mean, there have been giant periods of time that I haven't done anything just because of life circumstances, but I always go back. I always pick it back up. I don't give up. I keep at it, even though I have zero results. <laughs> I keep at it. Okay. Number seven. What has been your greatest triumph? Okay. Let me, uh, I, there's a lot of things that I could say to answer this question that I feel like 
I've accomplished or my kids have done that I take take pride in or whatever it is. But but the reality is even saying that statement of I take pride or I'm proud of is kind of a, a, a mis a mislabeling of the situation. So let me just give a disclaimer. Any type of triumph that I have or that I I feel proud of is is not anything that I've done. Like it's there God has worked in my life in so many situations in such incredible ways that if if there's a triumph like I have to give credit to God because I'm like I'm like a trash human. Like I don't really do anything that great, but God has really used my life and brought me through some incredible, terrible circumstances. And then I'm out on the other side and there's been some amazing things that I've been blessed with. I'm going to talk about just one because there's been so many, but my son, Charlie, I think would be one of my greatest, um, you know, I, I feel so just thankful and so, um, Again, I don't want to say proud because I just know that God has carried him and has just kept him and and is using him. And is, you know, when he was born, I was a single parent. Um, I was living on my own, uh, me and him. And like he actually when he was about 18 months old, he was at a babysitter and the sitter told me that she fired him. She fired him from her, from her care and told me that I needed to have him tested because she had never had as much difficulty with any other child as she did with him. And she was sure that he was autistic. And so I'd had him tested. Uh, and they said, no, he's not autistic. But, um, there was one point in his life when he was younger that they found a heart murmur and then that ended up being nothing. So I've kind of like, like I talked about, you know, feeling guilty and and worrying about how my kids will shake out. I mean, this kid has gone above and beyond any expectations. Like I just want my kids to be happy and be able to do school. Like my expectations are fairly, like I'm not looking for my kids to be some type of super Einstein, Doogie Howser type stuff. But this kid is like, he has skipped grades. He skipped two grades in math. He's super brilliant, super determined, and just an all-around good kid, 90, 88%. I'm going to give him 88% of the time. Helps me, helps with a a baby's, you know, works hard and does chores when he gets to him when I scream and remind him. But, you know, regardless, what I'm saying is he's 12 years old. For 12 years old and to have six more years, really, until he reaches adulthood... He's very responsible and works hard and is super smart. And I'm just really, really see that as like just an accomplishment because I didn't know how things were going to shake out for him. You know, he had a, a, a start that most kids don't usually have with a single mom and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was working full time. The reality was that, you know, I'd pick him up by... 5:30 and we might spend an hour and a half together before he ended up going to bed. So um so yeah, I'm really proud of him in a way that gives God all the credit if that makes any sense. <laughs> okay, number 8, how would you describe yourself to a stranger? Come on. I don't know. I'm a mess. Let me tell you about this story real quick. So Monday, oh, let me backtrack. 
think I talked about this about no, 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 it's on Instagram. I talked about how my kitchen sink was making this hissing sound, kind of at the faucet area. And I looked at it. My dad kind of looked at it. He was like, I really just think it's air, you know, coming out. You probably have a leak. You need to, you know, make it a priority to get it fixed. Not like a water leak, but just like an air leak, like pressure basically coming through. You need to get it fixed. Okay, fine. Whatever. I'll get to it. So, on Sunday, I hear dripping water and I go to get something out of the cabinet underneath the sink. And turns out the situation escalated very quickly and it was a full-on leak had been leaking for quite a while need to deal with it so I call a friend of mine who is a um I don't really know what he calls himself I know he does welding and then he's also I believe a contractor and does some house type does house type things carpentry anyway uh he knew what he was doing and he knew how to to at least uh, stop the leaking and then rigged it up to where we would still have water in the rest of the house until all of the plumbing and the faucet could be repaired and replaced the next day. So for some reason though, when that happened, we didn't have any water pressure. We didn't have any water at all in the house. I'm on a well. I know this is confusing if you don't have a well. Yeah, your water can run out. And so <laughs> we didn't have any water. So Monday comes around, I'm like, your girl needs a shower. What am I going to do? So I take off to the Y. I take off to the Y. I do a little workout and then I get a shower. I leave the Y. My hair is full on wet, up in a bun. I forgot my brush. I have on no makeup and I'm wearing my like work clothes, but I'm going to go to Kroger before I start seeing some patients. This is our grocery store here. Anyway, so I'm walking through the grocery store this guy approaches me and tells me that uh I'm a very beautiful I'm a very beautiful woman and am I married or do I have a boyfriend and I'm like who is this guy looking at like I literally look like a troll that straight up crawled out from under a bridge I, I look like a my whole like I just am not put together I don't know what he's talking about uh and so I'm like no I'm not married I can't lie like, I don't have any interest at all in having any type of a relationship interaction with this, this man. But I can't lie. You ask me if I'm married. You ask me if I'm boyfriend. The answer is no. I can't lie. So I tell him no. Then he's like, well, let me give you my business card. And I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. I'm not going to call him. Well, then he says, uh, he can't find it. So then he says, can I text you my number? I was like, great, great. Now he's got my number, and, and here we go. So I said yes, fine. So he texts me his number, and then we carry on. So, <laughs> so a couple, you know, minutes later, he messages me and says, uh, "It was nice to meet you. What have you got going on this evening?" So to answer the question on how I would introduce myself to a stranger, this is what I said: "I've got four kids." So what I've got going on this evening is what I've pretty much got going on every evening, taking care of my kids. <laughs> yeah, that's all I do. I work. If I was going to introduce myself to a stranger, I would say, hello, my name is Samantha. I work and I take care of kids and sometimes I get to sleep. That's, pr that's pretty much it. I keep up with my house. I go to church. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I love people, I love my kids, and I try to, to live a life that's, like, decent and good and honors God and serve 
when I can and how I, anywhere that I can. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, it's not too complicated, not too much going on. So, let me see what's next. Uh, here we go. Again, it's my podcast. I'm going to do what I want. So, I'm not going to hold y'all hostage for all 37 of these questions. I think I've done eight. I'm going to do two more. And I uh, have, I'm going to pick the two that I want to do. So, listen, I'm an adult. I do what I want to do. Um, so I saw this one. This is very vulnerable. Um, have you ever done something you wish you could erase? Um, in April of 2016, so Easter, essentially, of 2016, my aunt and uncle hosted, uh, you know, an Easter lunch after church and Clara when around that age and even now she craves male attention she she craves attention period she's very very um you know wants to be the center of attention wants people to give her attention which is understandable she's been through a lot and she's a middle child and she fits that description to a T so I have two, I have a cousin who has two sons that are teenagers and whenever we would have like family get togethers and they would be there, she would essentially like cling to them and want to sit with them and want to sit on their lap and like she just really, really um, gravitated towards both of them, which is fine. Like that's, that was her deal. So on that Easter, um, my grandmother, she came out of the room and she essentially said to me that um that Clara was like basically driving them crazy and I needed to do something about it but she said it in a way that was not herself and she was really nasty and just really mean and like basically made it like I got a feeling like I wasn't taking care of my like it was just really judgmental it just wasn't her it wasn't her at all and I I didn't do anything so I guess I'm not answering this question appropriately but I was really really hurt really hurt my grandmother had never been anything but supportive of me um and so for her to come at me like that about my parenting or what I perceived as her coming at me about my parenting was really really hurtful And for those, for that next couple of months, I didn't, I just kind of distanced myself. I didn't talk to her. I didn't really call. I didn't visit like I used to as much. Um, And in the story, it ended up, you know, right around that summer or, you know, late spring. She, um, she was diagnosed with lung cancer and then she ended up dying, you know, that year in July. So I guess as far as something that I did, I, I, you know, now that I look back, I'm like, you know, maybe she was annoyed with me that I wasn't supervising my child or she perceived that Clara was doing something she, you know, she shouldn't have been doing. But, um, I think probably she already had some of the cancer symptoms, um, kicking up even then. And I regret, you know, and again, learning from it, learn from it, won't do it again. But as far as something I did that I wish that I could erase, I wish that I could have erased that 
anger and and stuff that I had towards my grandmother and the fact that I did not um I just didn't have a relationship with her for a while there after Easter like I normally would because I was hurt my feelings were hurt and so I just kind of you know I'll cut somebody off quick even my own grandma like I don't care who you are I'll cut you off and so yeah I, I, I would change that for sure so last question um, I'm going to pick it here. I'm going to pick the last one. Now, just remember, when you get ready to go on your super fancy Valentine's date, and you want to ask some questions that are going to be vulnerable, that are going to help you to feel really super honest with your person, your partner, you're going to check out this website and ask each other these questions. It's going to take you a solid eight hours to get through all 37 of these questions, you might want to space it out a little bit, but uh, maybe maybe do 10 at a time or something like I'm doing. Um, let's see. If you could relive your life again, what's something you would change? Uh, yeah, that's a loaded question. <clears throat> Obviously, if I could, I would change a lot of the decisions that I've made. But the reality is that... The decisions that I have made, even though they were wrong, even though they've caused a lot of hurt and heartache and frustration, the reality is that those decisions have 100% led me to where I am today, and I would never change anything about where I am today. So, can't change one without changing the other, so I'm going to leave it alone, and my answer is nothing not changing anything and here's the thing that I believe is that um I truly believe that God writes our story and that he weaves our lives in a way that sometimes is really confusing sometimes is really frustrating and feels like we're alone or feels like that God is not <laughs> a part of our lives or that he's not ordaining our lives and I just, I just believe that even when I have felt like, what's going on? Like, what are we doing, God? Like, what's going on here? Because this just don't feel right. Even when those moments have been happening, I still have been able to be like, all right, it's okay. Like, I know you got something going on. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to try to do my part as far as doing the right thing and making the right choices and praying and seeking God in my life. And and uh, trust, trust the process, essentially. So, I wouldn't change a thing, um, except for maybe I'd come back skinny. Is that something? <laughs> that's all I got. All right, folks, that's it. Check out those that website. That's ten. That's ten vulnerable questions. So I'm leading by example and uh, being transparent and vulnerable with you here. Today, uh, I uh, have, as always, really enjoyed talking with you. Uh, I'll be back next week with Jill, and we're gonna we're gonna tell you. She's gonna tell you. I'm just gonna be there. Like I'm barely gonna be talking. She's gonna tell you all about what God has for relationships. We're gonna talk about uh, the consequences of our sin and how that plays out, and a bunch of other things. So. Um, get with me anytime, send me an email. It's dot me dot Sam dot podcast at gmail.com. And, or you can catch me at the same handle on Instagram. I wanted to say a couple things that happened this week. 
I went to the gym. This is just to wrap it up here. I went to the gym and a good friend of mine uh, from high school was on the elliptical and I and I waved to her when I walked in because there's like this big glass window, you know, and I went into the locker room to put my bag and then I come back out and she was like, that's so crazy. I'm listening to you right now. And I was like, oh, dear God. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, don't look at me. It's so embarrassing. So that was, you know what? It, I'm an introvert. And so any kind of attention like that makes me feel very embarrassed. I get hives up my neck. If you've ever been around me, like any kind of attention, I just, I really kind of fall apart. And so I was like, I can't even stand by you. Like we can't, I can't even be on the same machine as you because I'm, I'm, I'm over, I'm overwhelmed. But I, that for me is hard. Like I, and that's not something I, you know, when I started recording and I would go to swim meets, a lot of the parents that, you know, our swim parents would listen and be like, Oh, I, I, I feel like we've been having a conversation. I'm like, don't talk to me about it. <laughs> But I do want to say, like, even though I act like an idiot and I'm super awkward, if I've ever, if you've ever made a comment to me about listening or I've seen you, I've seen you in public and you've been listening, I 100% appreciate anyone who listens for any one second. I know that there are thousands of other podcast options. There's thousands of other music options. I know that there's thousands of other things that you could be listening to. So the fact that you made a decision to listen to me ramble on, it means so much. I'm so thankful. And even though I act like a awkward idiot when you say something to me, despite my response, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I also, as I mentioned earlier, when I had the, uh, uh, the guy out to fix, uh, my kitchen sink and the plumber, he, I was like, did I even tell you that? Cause he was back out to check and we were trying to figure out what's going on with the well and blah, blah, blah. I don't even know how much of that story I got into because I got interrupted so many times in this recording, but I said, did I even tell you that I'm a foster parent? These, both of these babies are fosters. I'm going to adopt them. He's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I keep up with you. I've listened to your podcast. I was like, you do what? What? So yeah, that's a shout out to Jason. I really appreciate y'all listening and tell your friends, listen, can I get a dude following? That'd be amazing. I got to start talking about more guy stuff. I was supposed to have a guy. I did have a guy. I had Dan. And then I never really had any other guys on. I need to have some guests, some male guests. I guess the guest train is going to maybe start picking up once it gets warm and it's summer again because it is such a struggle to try to get something scheduled during the school year. Everybody has activities and responsibilities through the school year. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes in the summer. Um, but for sure, Jill is going to be back on. We're going to make that happen next week. So anyway full-on shout out to all y'all who are listening. I'm so thankful and um, I hope y'all enjoy the rest of your day. I'll talk to you the next time. Bye.